0: Jesus, we lift up our hearts and our minds to You in these moments that truly Your Word would come alive to us. Help us to meet You in these moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated. A few weeks ago I was hitting some golf balls with my father-in-law and we were talking about a number of different things. At one point in the conversation, I remarked that I thought he'd accomplished some significant things in his life. He's written a few different books, one of which got him on a national speaking tour uh, and landed him on a few daytime talk show uh, talk shows, and um, and it got him in People magazine. He's also had a marriage and family practice. He's taught at Cal uh, California University for nearly 40 years, and. During that time, had a few different administrative positions, including dean of students during the 60s. So he's done a few different things. (laughs) He thought about that for a moment. He said, yeah, you know, I guess I have had a privileged life. But, you know, California University taught me that I wasn't as important as I thought I was. He said, uh, two weeks after leaving my position as uh, dean of students at the university, I had to call the new dean's office. And as I did, I got his secretary, and she asked me for my name. When I told her, do you know what she said to me? She said, who? (laughs) Life is like that, sometimes offering up those humble and other times painful experiences that remind us that we're not all that, that we may not have things in as much control as we'd like to believe, that maybe we haven't been able to obtain what we thought we would at this stage of life. Maybe it's your marriage this morning, maybe it's your job or your health, maybe it's unfulfilled dreams or some other circumstance that caused you to think a little bit about the meaning and the purpose of your life, wondering if you're spending it on the right things, if if what you've been investing in has been worth it at all. Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about finding and uh, and, uh, maintaining a sense of significance in our lives. And that the way we do this is counterintuitive to the culture around us. Because our culture teaches us that significance is found in the positions we hold, the things we possess, and the people that we meet along the way. In other words, it's about our relationships, our possessions, our achievements, our titles. But the pathway to finding and maintaining significance in life isn't about us at all. It's about God. And understanding how God has designed us, that at the very, uh, at the simplest, most basic level, we have been designed for an everlasting relationship with God, and then to live in the context of that design. Now, these passages of Scripture that Scott read, they they speak to that, that subject of finding and maintaining significance, particularly the Matthew 25 passage. Because in that passage, Jesus gives us three principles that really help us get on that pathway. He tells us that each of us has something to give, that it's not what we have, but what we do with it that matters, and that every talent counts in the end. Now in the parable there are three servants and each one is entrusted with some of his master's estate. The act of being entrusted with something meant that each of those servants knew that they were expected to put those talents to work just as their master would have if he were still there. And so one servant is given five talents, another servant is given two talents, the third servant is given one talent. Now it's interesting that we don't know anything else about these guys. We don't know about their family. We don't know where they came from. We don't know if they had children. They all got something. That's all we really know. There's no fourth servant who got nothing. And that's really Jesus' point, that each of us has something to give. Or in the words of this parable, you are talented, literally. The reverse of that is also true, by the way, that there is never a time in your life when you're not talented when you don't have something to give. Now, there isn't a class that we need to take, as Mark was talking about, to get ready to teach uh, students, you know, children. There isn't a seminar that we need to participate in. There isn't a season of life that we have to wait in order to get through. Jesus is telling us that we all have something to give. We have what it takes right now, right now. Now, if you're anything like me, you've already thought about some of the reasons why you can't get involved in something additionally. So it reminds me of the story I heard about the wealthy Texan who had a big home and a lot of money. And he kind of wanted to, because he did, he wanted to show it off to a few different people. So he decided to throw a, a party for everybody in his small town. He had the estate cleaned and immaculately groomed. He had his pool cleaned. And just to ensure that nobody jumped in during the party and dirtied up the water, he had some alligators thrown in there. (laughs) A little over the top, I think. But as people started to arrive, he sort of had a change of heart. And being a sporting kind of guy, he decided to issue a challenge. So he said to all these fine folks as they showed up, you know, if anyone would jump into that pool and try to swim to the other side and make it out... Well, then I'll give them any one of three wishes. I'll give them this home that I'm living in, or up to half of my wealth, or I'll, I'll host a contest to help them find the woman or the man of their dreams. Well, no sooner had he turned around when he heard this huge splash in the pool. He looked back, and here's this young man swimming frantically, kicking and punching alligators, desperately trying to get away with them, from them. For 20 minutes, he's in that pool doing that, and finally gets to the other side where he pulls himself out, cut, bleeding, clothes torn. Well, the Texan couldn't believe it. He said, young man, that has got to be the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my whole life. But just to let you know that I'm a sporting man and a man of my word, then I will give you any one of these three things. I'll give you this home that I'm living in. I'll give you up to half of my, my wealth. Or I'll host a contest to help you find the woman of your dreams. What would you like? Well, the young man said, what I want is to know who pushed me in that pool. See, he wouldn't have jumped in on his own, would he? <laughs> A little smarter than that. What we often see when we're looking at opportunities for involvement is we often see the obstacles. All the reasons for not jumping in into the, to those waters. We don't have enough time or we don't have enough energy. Or or maybe uh, we just feel like we wouldn't be very good at that at all. But You know, in this passage, Jesus gives us this amazing word of grace. In verse 15, he says that talents are given each according to their ability. In other words, the one talent guy was only given one talent by his master because his master knew that at that time in that young man's life, that's all the responsibility he could handle. You see, God doesn't set us up for failure. God isn't interested in overwhelming us, which means that If you travel a lot in business and you're not around much, or if you're a single parent just trying to make ends meet, or if you're up to your neck in responsibilities, well, God isn't now at this time in your life asking you to take on a 15 to 20 hour ministry. But we all do have something to give. And so maybe that means getting involved and joining us on August 19th, next Saturday for this work project for a couple of hours. Maybe bring some of your family members to be part of that. Maybe it means some other one-time service opportunity that you can talk with our Get Connected Ministry about. Because we all do have something to give. And God does not overwhelm us or set us up for failure. He has more for us than that. But that leads me to my second point, which is it's not what you have, but it's what you do with it that counts. You see, the first two servants were given their talents and and they immediately put them to work. The result was that they doubled what they had. The one with five talents put the talents to work, earned five more. The one with two talents put those talents to work, earned two more. And the result was that when they came to their master and showed them what they had, that he was equally pleased with both of them. Both of them were called good and faithful. Both of them were invited to come and share in the master's celebration. Now, by doing this, Jesus places the emphasis of the master's pleasure not on the amount that the servants gave to him, but rather on what they did with what he had given them. It didn't matter that the one had earned five talents and the other had only earned two. You see, that's the way we look at things. We tend to judge the amount but with God, it's what we do with it that counts. It's what we do with it. Now, when I was in the eighth grade, seventh grade, actually, my, um, I was in uh, PE, and our coach announced to us that we were going to have a wrestling tournament. We were going to break up into different weight divisions and have this uh, wrestling tournament and crown a champion in each of the weight divisions. Now, it just so happened at that time in my life that I was the heaviest guy in my class. So I won my weight division by default. <laughs> I was the only one in my weight division. So I was pretty excited about what that meant. I, could just, I just had visions of standing up in front of the school, getting my trophy, you know, for winning my weight division. And I wouldn't have even had to wrestle a single match. So I thought that was pretty cool until the coach brought me back to reality and told us all that there was a second round to the wrestling tournament which meant for guys like me that I'd be uh, wrestling the older kids who'd also won their weight division, the 8th and ninth graders. I can still remember who I wrestled, a guy named Kelly. Now, Kelly and I weighed the same, it's just that our weight was distributed a little differently on our bodies. (laughs) You see, Kelly was the quarterback of the football team. (laughs) And he was a few inches taller than I was. Well, Kelly and I were the main event because that's uh, the way that things work. And this is happening now in front of the whole school. I meant, I left that little issue, uh, that little item out. So this is happening in front of the whole school. We're the main event because that's the way it works in wrestling. You have the lightweights, the middleweights, and the heavyweights, and that was me. So Kelly and I are standing on this mat. We're looking at each other, and I know what Kelly's thinking. He's thinking, Leatherberry, you are dead. (laughs) Which is funny because that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Leatherberry, you are dead. Well, Coach blew the whistle. Kelly charged at me. He hit me hard, knocked me down to the mat. I, I, I may have screamed at the time. I, I don't know. And within seconds, I was counted out, pinned. I, I, I think I set a new school r- record for the guy pinned in the shortest amount of time. It, it was, uh it was, uh you know, it was a little embarrassing. But you know what troubles me most is I look back at that. It's not that I lost. It's not that I I set a school record I didn't want to set. Uh, it's, It's that I didn't try. It's that I just gave up before the coach even blew the whistle. I never even gave it an effort. You know, the pathway to real significance in life, it isn't discovered by good intentions or, uh, you know, the interests that we have. It's not discovered by waiting for that day when we'll finally be able to reach out and serve using the gifts that God gives us. The pathway to real significance in life is discovered through our actions, by reaching out, using the abilities God has given us to serve others. That's what counts. It's what we do with it that counts. And that brings me to the last point that I want to make this morning, uh, that not only do we have something to give, and not only is it what we, not, not what we have, but what we do with it that counts, but lastly, that every talent matters. Now, this man that received the one talent, he acted differently than the other two, right? He, he buried his talent. Now, the good news for him was that he didn't lose what his master had given him. The bad news is that he didn't use it either. And by doing that, he overlooked two things. He overlooked how much it mattered to the master that he used that talent that he'd been given. And secondly, he overlooked the the potential impact that that one talent could have made. Now, as some of you know, the Jubilee Reach Center is the second circle of our uh, Ripple Effect campaign. And our vision for this is that it would be a a resource center for low-income children and families in the Lake Hills area. Recently, we hired uh, Marty Taylor to develop some needed programs, uh, like a before-school program for children whose uh, parents work and need to drop them off before the school doors open. Well, Marty was talking with her friend Maggie about the Reach Center and uh, about this work crew of guys who've been out there every Monday and Wednesday uh, remodeling the center, getting it ready for our workday this coming Saturday. Marty invited Maggie to come out and take a look at the center. So... Maggie went out there and when she did she got really excited about what she saw about these guys working knocking you know stuff around and getting the center ready. She got excited about the facility itself. She got excited about the vision that the Jubilee Reach uh, presents. And so uh, Maggie did what Maggie does well. She got on the phone, started organizing and and calling some friends because uh, Marty had said to her, hey, why don't you bring some snacks out to these guys? So Maggie started doing doing her deal. Now, one of the people she called uh, was uh, a member here, Gertrude McKellar. Gertrude is nearly 90 years old. And Gertrude cooked up a batch of chocolate chip cookies and took those out to the guys. And I can assure you there were no leftovers on that day. Well, Maggie decided to do lunch for the crew and her team wanted to do something festive at the time. So they picked a Hawaiian theme, you know, Hawaiian chicken, Hawaiian rice, coconut bars. They got all this stuff ready. They set out these long tables in the middle of the facility, put uh, um, tablecloths over the top, big centerpiece in the middle. They invited these guys, brought the lunch out and turned out they they had too much food. But. It happened that on this day that there were some professional roof workers doing some work on the roof. So Maggie and the team invited these guys to come down and join them for lunch. There they are in the middle of this gutted facility, you know, sheetrock dust all over, and they're having this feast sitting in these big, comfortable chairs out of the conference room. Maggie said, Rich, I wish you could have seen their faces. And then she said, I thought... This is exactly what this is all about. Reaching out to others in our community to show them Jesus. And now Maggie and her team are serving lunch every Wednesday to this crew. And on Mondays, they're serving cold drinks and snacks. Maggie took what God had given her, her gifts for hospitality and administration, and used them in a way that served others. Her work team has been a huge blessing. Uh, her, Her food team has been a huge blessing to that work crew. And they got to show some roofers along the way the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. But the story doesn't end there. You see, the work crew, by using the abilities that God has given them, has saved the REACH Center literally thousands of dollars in uh, remodeling costs. And now we can use that money for the programs that the REACH Center is going to offer. And uh, guess who some of the volunteers are for that before-school program that Marty is working on? It's these volunteers that have been serving food out at the REACH Center. You see, everyone has something to give. And it's not what we have, but what we do with it that counts. And every talent matters. God is inviting us to partner with Him in His kingdom-building projects. Hesitating or not using our gifts at all means that we're the ones that end up missing out. Because we miss out on an experience where God is clearly using us for His purposes. And we miss out because service is one of those things that literally throws open the doors to a deeper closeness with Jesus. So let me ask you, how is God inviting you to use what He's given you in service to others? Maybe it's getting connected to one-time uh, service opportunity like what we're doing on Saturday, or maybe making a lunch for a work crew out at Jubilee Reach. Maybe it's a longer service opportunity, mentoring a kid with Kid Reach, or maybe it's teaching a child who needs to know about Jesus here at the church on Sunday mornings. Maybe he's praying for a friend or a family member who doesn't know Jesus or for a missionary who's serving overseas somewhere in another country. Or maybe you just need to spend some time with God and ask Him how you can serve Him for His glory. Lord Jesus, we want to thank You that You have valued us enough that You give us specific talents and abilities that we can use for Your glory. And we pray that we would be faithful to You. Lord, unleash us that we could join with you and what you're doing in our community and around the world. And we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.